Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 3rd, 4th, and 8th, 1919, pages 214 through 215. March 3rd, 1919. Father Chijunaitis, pastor of Vivis, J.J., Juvje, came to consult with me about various matters. During the war, his parish was a battleground with a trench running right through it, and as a result was practically devastated. The people go begging for bread from the Lithuanians in Kaunas. It is an eth- ethnically mixed parish. Some of the people still speak Lithuanian, but many have become Polonized or assimilated into the Belarusians. This is not surprising, considering that Chijunaitis is only the second Lithuanian pastor sent to work there. Father Radusis preceded him. He was Lithuanian. In the past, only Polish priests had been assigned to this parish. But now, while begging among the people in Kaunas, the parishioners have gone back to their native tongue. For a while, some Polish legionnaires stayed in the parish. They tore down the Lithuanian sign on the Lithuanian children's home, but when the pastor scolded and shamed them, they apologized for their bad behavior. The Lithuanian children are taught catechism in Lithuanian, while those who speak Polish are taught in Polish. The pastor had even begun to preach in Lithuanian, something that had not been done before. Father Cicciunaitis himself comes from the famous parish of Joniskis. Uh, there, used to be, there used to be a pastor there by the name of Petrovsky who tried to Polonize and denationalize the people with furious energy. He would not allow little children to receive their first communion until they had learned Polish. Father Cijunaitis, his parents, told him how they had gone to learn their catechism in Polish from the ages of 8 to 18 before the pastor would allow them to receive first communion. They were pure Lithuanians and did not know any Polish. Indeed, it is evident that in the past, the pastors of this diocese were more concerned with teaching the people Polish than with their salvation. From many people I have heard that it was the custom in this diocese to appoint priests to Lithuanian parishes who did not know a word of Lithuanian. For many years, these priests would work there as pastors without bothering to learn the language. For example, in Daugai, almost everything in the parish was conducted in Polish until as late as 1904. March 4, 1919. On the Feast of St. Casimir, I celebrated solemn high mass at the cathedral and conducted vespers at St. Casimir's church. There I preached a sermon for the workers. This church has been restored by the efforts of even the financial and even the financial contributions of the workers. Now that the Russians are gone, they will continue to keep the church functioning. They have already taken pains to remove a Russian construction, the royal gates. Many people came for benediction. March 8, 1919. I sat in on some of the lectures at the seminary. I noticed that some professors arrived late for class or left early without finishing the lecture. Still others miss class entirely. At two o'clock, I could barely find one professor giving a lecture. The others were absent because this was the first day after a break of several days, and so prima lectio aut brevis 
out nulla. The first lecture should be either should either be short or omitted. Gradually, I shall have to bring order into the seminary. Blessed George writes in the first entry here of meeting with a pastor of an ethnically mixed parish which had been devastated because of the war. His priest taught uh, the Lithuanian children in their language and the Polish children in their language, as it should be. He corrected the people when they showed prejudice toward others. This was a Catholic priest in the sense of universal. This priest came from a Lithuanian family which was Polonized in the parish in which he had grown up. Blessed George complains that teaching a language to the people seems to be more important to some pastors than the salvation of their flock. Even the bishops were at fault for assigning priests to parishes who did not speak the language of the people in the parish. In the next entry, Blessed George writes of celebrating Mass in the Vilnius Cathedral on the Feast of St. Casimir and of leading evening prayer in the Church of St. Casimir, the church in which shots had been fired when Father Ruckerman was there. Blessed George remarks that the church uh, has now been restored. It had been an Orthodox church for a time before it was returned to the Catholics. They had removed the royal gates or doors, also known as the holy doors or the beautiful gates, which are the central doors of an iconostasis. This is a wooden screen with icons which separates the church sanctuary from the nave in an Orthodox or an Eastern Rite church. Only the priest goes in to, the, to offer the sacrifice behind the iconostasis. The doors are closed and the people don't even see the offering. It's like the separation of earth and heaven in the Byzantine liturgy. In the last entry of this section, Blessed George writes of uh, sitting in on lectures in the seminary once again. He notices that the professors are not very diligent about teaching their classes. Blessed George is learning what needs to be done to bring order to the seminary. The formation of the seminarians has been lacking in that diocese, so it's not surprising that the priests turn out as they do. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.